0: I've learned. Hey now, what's up? I had to come over here. Stay Hello, and welcome to Prince Track on. by Track. I'm your host, Dan, and today we're going to be talking about Baby Nose from Rave until to the Joy Fantastic, recorded early 1999 at Paisley Park and released on the 9th of November 1999. On the track, you have Prince, Michael B., and Sheryl Crow. Um, unusually, this will be Michael B.'s first appearance since 1996, and it will be his last appearance for a number of years. I don't know why he's just on this one track. On this album, but he is, um, and he, he he won't be on another Prince album until 2006. Um, so we're getting we're getting Michael B in the middle of a 10 year drought. The track is three minutes 18, or the extended version on Raven Two is three fifty two. And joining me to talk about today is Alec Rayner. Hello, Alec. Hello, good to be here. Um, now, in terms of a genre, uh, I feel like uh, I feel like I should call this radio single because it this is what it feels like to me. It feels like Prince doing like a kind of like pop rock radio single (laughs) like that's how
1: i feel about actually most of this album is i feel like it was kind of geared to be a radio comeback album um in the whole sense of the but santana did that supernatural smooth and that was like the big comeback thing and if i remember they had some of the same people working on the team for rave hoping that it was going to be the Prince equivalent of um, Santana's Supernatural.
0: Yeah, it, w- it was like this naked attempt to to have guests come on and, um, you know, uh, use their popularity to kind of push Prince back into the mainstream. Uh, it didn't work obviously um <laughs> Prince still kind of toiled in obscurity for another few years before he finally got back into the mainstream it's interesting because um Cheryl crow is on this track which unless I told you th- those words I don't think you would really hear it like um the track where Gwen Stefani is a guest you can cut you like you can kind of make her voice out but it's in the same kind of range as Prince so it's very hard to kind of really hear her voice and I think that would be the same here with Cheryl crow like um, she's credited for, um, you know, co-lead vocals, which I think is pushing it a little bit. I mean, at most I'd say she's kind of backing. Um, and harmonica. Uh, now, the harmonica is really noticeable. Like, there's a harmonica solo going on in here. Like, there's a bit of a harmonica riff. You can really hear the harmonica. So, um, you know, Cheryl Crow, you know, much like Stevie Wonder in the 80s, um, is bringing the guest harmonica. <laughs> I always had this vision of Stevie Wonder in the 80s just wandering from studio to studio with his harmonica doing... Um, doing guest spots because anytime there was a harmonica on a record in the 80s you, you would eventually find out it was stevie wonder doing that harmonica even today if you
1: hear a harmonica on like a popular rap album there's a decent chance it'll be stevie wonder i know um <laughs> drake's had stevie wonder on some albums and just recently um travis scott um another trap rapper from houston had stevie wonder on an album stevie doing wonder. some harmonica he just, so he
0: he just loves just wondering why i'm just playing that harmonica <laughs> Uh, I think sometimes he doesn't even realize who he's playing the harmonica for. They just stick him in a studio and he just starts playing. Yeah. Um so Sheryl Crow pulling that trick here playing the harmonica. That's the part that you like Prince really hasn't had like harmonica on songs. Like that's not a thing that he'd ever done up until this point. Like you know at this point where what 20 years into his career and he's never really gone for harmonica. It's not really been an instrument. Out of all the many instruments that he plays, harmonica has not seemed to be one of those <laughs> instruments. So it's it's just kind of interesting that, like, you know, when Sheryl Crow guests, you can hear her harmonica more than her vocals, um, you know. And and unusually, uh, obviously, Prince also covered "Every Day's a Winding Road. Um, but normally, when Prince has a guest on an album, he, he returns the favour and he... Uh, you know, appears on an album like he did with, um, uh, for no doubt he did uh waiting room, I think was the track. And on, um, Um,
1: Kate Bush also on emancipation. I think she was on my computer and they did, um, why should I love you for her album?
0: And, uh, you know, obviously later on he would do so what the first with, um, you know, with, with Stevie wonder. Um, so like this, this kind of thing, this reciprocity that Prince had of, of kind of reappearing on, on people's albums. It didn't happen with Sheryl Crow. He's, you know, from from now until the end of Prince's career, he didn't make an appearance on any more Sheryl <laughs> Crow albums. So I don't know what happened there. I like it's I don't know, it's kind of it's just kind of an, unusual um that that would happen. Um, so but yeah, um there was also a version of this which was done for with Maceo Parker, um you know later in in nineteen ninety nine where um, you know, I'm guessing he added, saxophone in place of the vocals
1: that's exactly what he did i um took a quick listen to it before on um, the podcast and that's pretty much the track is just I, I think it's <laughs> the same backing track it's just prince's vocals have been um peeled off and replaced with um, maceo's saxophone
0: yeah so i guess you know um i mean they say that the saxophone is the closest instrument to the human voice so it makes sense for maceo to do that but then like i mean I gotta be honest. Who wants to hear "Baby Knows" but with saxophone over the top? And <laughs> I'm a saxophonist, so. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, and again, it was only, it was only included as a bonus track on uh, "Dial M-A-C-E-O, So, uh, I, I mean, I guess it's obviously out there on, uh, you know, YouTube or something. So, um, and the fact that it is almost exactly the same length as the version of "Rave" mm-hmm. um, suggests, obviously, that it was just the same backing track. Um, <laughs> which I don't know. It's just kind of inu- unusual. Uh, yeah. You know, I
1: believe a uh, Maceo also did this with the greatest romance um, that's ever been sold from the same album. Yes. And um, I'm pretty sure it's the same kind of deal. Cause I remember hearing <laughs> it um, at least at one point and it's just Maceo over the backing track.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm not, I mean, I guess Prince obviously a huge fan of Maceo Parker, so I can kind of understand, um, sort of why he did that like gave a couple of songs to him but i I feel like having them be two songs off rave is 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 such an odd kind of thing Um, now baby nose was released as a promotional single um in late 1999 and um you know around the time that the album came out like you know slightly before um greatest romance remains the only actual single that was released um commercially now i remember um prince uh, coming over to the uk about a week after the album came out and doing a number of performances. First of all, he did Top of the Pops. And then he did um, TFI Friday, uh, which was a show hosted by a DJ called Chris Evans. Um, and not the, the actor, Chris Evans. And um, he also did Pretty Man, um, I think on, on TGI, uh, TFI Friday. And then um, he also did Greatest Romance at Top of the Pops. And then he did one more performance on um, a show called The Apocalypse Tube, which I don't even recall. I saw him on Top of the Pops and I saw him on uh, TFI, but I didn't see whatever The Apocalypse Tube was, where he also did Baby Nose and Greatest Romance. Um, so, But those I think um, TFI was a live performance, but the other two were lip-sync performances. Um, so, And then Prince went around Europe for a couple of weeks and did guest appearances on various... Um, you know, French and German and Dutch, you know, TV stations doing pretty much the same thing, just doing Baby Nose, Pretty Man or Greatest Romance, um, you know. So that was the extent of his promotion of this album in Europe. <laughs> just yep. a few TV appearances and then that was it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, th- I think there were issues with Arista um, where, like, the amount of promotion that they were going to do was scaled back a little bit because of issues that... Um, clive davis was having with the label um so again prince signs with the label and then they have promotional issues and they can't (laughs) promote kind of this big comeback album yeah um you know um he obviously had more success a few years later when he just basically gave his album away with tour tickets um you know that obviously worked better as a ploy than trying to find a a major label to distribute an album
1: yeah and Um, that's um a pretty um common-ish practice nowadays like um, for anyone that's been following just normal music news, there was that whole deal where it was Travis Scott and Nicki Minaj fighting for the top of the charts. And um, Nicki Minaj was getting all upset because Travis Scott got the top spot. But she's claiming it's because anytime he sold an album ticket or a piece of merchandise like clothing or something like that, it would come with a free copy of the album. And those sales count <laughs> towards your... Um, you're ranking on the billboard charts. So that is a practice that um, I've been hearing people talk about it for the past week or so. And I'm just like, Hey, Prince did that.
0: That's where it started. But for this album, his promotion was limited to the release of greatest romance and then a small tour in Europe, uh, but only of, you know, T V studios. <laughs> um I mean obviously he, he had um, the Raven to the year two thousand coming out as well. So you know, that acted as promotion as well.
1: Um that was actually the first time and for the longest time the only time where I would listen to Baby Nose because I had the D V D of the Raven to the Joy two thousand before I had the C D for Raven to the Joy Fantastic. And um so that's the only time I would hear
0: Baby Nose for for a while until i um found a
1: copy of the cd
0: (laughs) yeah um which is i mean it's it's an okay version of baby nose um you know i think i still prefer like the studio version and if we're talking about like lengths i think i still i think at 318 it's just the right length i think the extended version doesn't really add a huge amount (laughs) yeah i'll agree with that um but yeah, you know, this is this is Prince, um, you know, with Sheryl Crow, uh, Michael B on drums. And I'm, I'm going to say this. This is probably one of, like, at the entire album, this is probably my favorite drum track. Like, you can really hear it's Michael B. A lot of the other tracks, you can kind of tell it's Prince kind of um, going into the studio and doing, like, a short drum loop and then just looping it around and then kind of singing over the top of that. With this, you have the interaction of... You can really hear Michael B. doing the different fills and, you know, the, the like particularly when they've got the, you know, the kind of the stuff about the Lexus and like you've got the drums kind of, you know, like the really tight stops on the drums and stuff like that. That's that's not stuff that Prince ever does. Um, so, you know, you can really tell that it's it's Michael B. Um, you know, playing on here. You know, he has he has a certain chemistry with Prince. Um, you know, and I think he remains my favourite drummer. Um, although the stuff that, you know, John Blackwell did obviously is amazing as well. You know, like the next the next few albums where where John Blackwell's playing, he really kind of, you know, brings it. And also, he you know, I think the kind of collaboration always makes Prince up his game a little bit, which is why I feel like this is probably one of the stronger tracks on this album, because of that kind of collaboration. Whereas the guest appearances just feel like someone, you know, dropping in a verse from the other side of the country yeah whereas you know michael b being in the studio with prince you can really feel that prince is kind of you know upping it um to kind of match him um you know and obviously uh get ready to be tired of hearing the words baby nose because <laughs> this, <laughs> there's a lot of baby nose in this song like he you know it's at the beginning of every single line like it's <laughs> literally baby nose and then prince will sing a line and then baby nose and then baby nose Um, And unlike some of the other songs on this album, it actually has a chorus, you know, which is, uh, you know, baby knows she got the long, dark legs. She got the butt that go round. Uh, This kind of poochie makes you bed, turn a dog into a hound, (laughs) which, again, like, I don't know, I guess I I, I think maybe, you know, um, having Michael B on the track makes prints kind of revert a little bit to kind of like early 90s prints, because this kind of really sounds a little bit closer to than that, than most of the stuff that's on Rave. Um, You know, but I mean, he starts out telling us that, uh, you know... Baby knows this funky joint in the city where the freaks come out to play. Um, Venezuelan, black and pretty, <laughs> the <laughs> kind that make you want to pay. I, I mean, I, I, I like the kind of the use of the word "freaks" is something that Prince had used on New Power Soul. You know, when he had freaks on this side. You know, f- the phrase "freak" is something that he's used over most of his career at this point. Um, you know, so uh, I, I don't know. I it's it's kind of interesting because this kind of like the freaks come out to play. Um, You know, like the idea of of kind of Prince going to, you know, a place and these people partying in a certain way. You know, it's a common theme. It kind of goes all the way back to um, um, Uptown. Yeah, I, I guess we kind of have a similar theme in terms of like, you know, being at a being at a particular space and that being filled with people who, you know, share your kind of. Um, way of party yeah things, like that.
1: black white puerto rican everybody just a freaking i was about to exactly make that reference is that it reminded <laughs> me of uptown on um, this first little verse yes
0: yeah although instead of puerto rican for some reason he's gone venezuelan here yeah, so yeah you I, don't, them all. I mean uh, <laughs> i don't know if there was someone specifically at this point um you know between his marriage to maite and his marriage to manuela who was venezuelan that he'd met that kind of maybe is on his mind but uh yeah so I mean, the kind of you know, the, as I said, the chorus is all about long dog legs, the butt that goes round, and of course uh, this kind of poochie that makes you beg, and turns a dog into a hound. Which uh, Prince also he uh, he adds, um, I think I think it might be the second time through when he does the chorus where he does the the kind of the dog barks um, <laughs> after he says turns a dog into a hound. Um, so <laughs> so, but you know this is like this is kind of one of the more uh, kind of sexual songs that Prince is doing on this album. But it's not like a kind of... I mean, you know, on on the last couple of albums we've had some kind of sensual stuff. This is very much kind of like raw sexual power that Prince is kind of um, showing here. But also... You know um he talks like most of it is coming from this woman because he says you know she tell me what she want to hear she stroked me up and never down (laughs) whispering sexiness in my ear i'm just a junkie for the sound and when he sings junkie for the sound there's like a some kind of effect on his vocals you know so uh, again like this this, you know obviously the fact that she has the long dark legs and the butt that goes round um this is obviously influencing prince this also calls back a little bit to peach as well yeah uh, which has a similar kind of feel although obviously whereas that was like a you know kind of 12 bar blues this is more of a kind of rock based song so there's not so much repetition um you know and we get into a middle eight where <laughs> where prince tells us um she knows how to make you feel like your stuff ate brown tonight um and her perfume it smells like the weekend <laughs> <laughs> it's funny cuz i think on you know the the there's a couple of live versions that he did on like you know dutch television german television when it gets to that part he kind of weirdly censors himself so he doesn't say your your stuff ain't brown tonight it's almost like he was going to swear with a different s word there but he he leaves he doesn't say any word so he goes like your ain't brown tonight and he just leaves a gap and it's just a really weird thing that he kind of Censors himself. Although in this song, it appears that he'd already censored himself uh, with a different word. Um, And then, of course, you know, we kind of I mean, I guess this is I don't know, this 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 kind of bit feels a bit more like it's still coming out the middle eight when he says, you know, this funky joint way down in the city where the girls sing along to the hip hop all night long. And then we kind of, like, on the offbeat, we get him singing white girls, black girls, Latinas, oh so pretty. And then, of <laughs> course, he says, uh, won't you won't you make me give you this ring, baby? Now, interestingly, there was another song on this album where he talked about getting with someone, but only once they were married. And so, like, this idea, like, of won't you give me this ring. So it's like Prince wants to indulge his kind of, you know, carnal side, but he, <laughs> he'll only do it if he's married. Uh, which I, I i don't know I, I guess that's kind of pointing towards you know the kind of the more religious turn that he's going to take um you know and of course we get you know we get a guitar solo which um you know it's not very long but uh, i think it kind of does the job it's you know it's it's only a few bars um you know but then you also kind of get this oh baby 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 kind of repeated underneath um and then kind of we go to the outro where we have the you know long dark legs but that go round. Um, Poochie makes you bad, and t- at the very end of the song it ends very quickly when prince sings give me your number and i'll call you <laughs> and then he goes no you you don't you didn't just turn me down and that's where the song ends was just like a kind of a guitar chord and i like this this kind of it almost feels like prince is singing this song at this woman to kind of say how great she is and you know she has the butt that goes round and all, all the rest of it and then at the very end it's almost like she's not persuaded. Yeah. (laughs) She's she's like, she's like, um, no, I don't think so. You know, like, and I, and I kind of like that. I like that. This is, this is a song that feels like Prince kind of like boasting and kind of giving us this picture of this club where anything goes. And then at the very end, the woman's like, no, thank you very much. And it's just kind of like a a, kind of funny way to end the song. Yep.
1: I love this ending. Um, just a complete turndown to all the bravado and braggadocious stuff he's been doing on the song and um yeah i think it's just a really fun ending i like it when stuff doesn't necessarily go the way that you think it will it just (laughs) kind of stops
0: (laughs) i don't know i just i i kind of like the fact that this the song is really it's like you know it is kind of this very kind of like macho song you know done in in this kind of very macho style and then at the very end, it's like, oh, but that's still not going to be enough. <laughs> and he just gets turned down. And it's such, a, it's such a great kind of quick way to finish the song as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This is one of, I, I guess maybe because this was the kind of the promotional song, um, you know, this is one of like the, the kind of the, the better songs I feel on the album. Yeah, but I agree with that. And I think also, I'm, I think they played it a little bit on the radio over here and you know, it, it, when I first got the album, I think this was the song that I basically went to first because obviously I'd heard it a few times. And so for me, uh, you know, I think this is probably, I mean, I would say maybe my favorite song on the album. <laughs> um, but that's not a high bar to clear because I'm not a fan of a lot of stuff on this album. Yeah, like, I, f- uh, I feel it's mostly a disappointment.
1: I, um, I, I feel the same sentiment where this is probably my top three of the album. But it might yeah. be a three out of five for me just because um, I feel like this is one of Prince's um, lower quality albums, in my just personal yeah. opinion.
0: Well, that's where I've been with most of the tracks is kind of three, two and a half out of five. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the level that I've been with most of them. With this, I would say four out of five, uh, just because I think, you know, uh, the kind of the drums really kind of move it along. And, you know, like the the kind of the... I mean, you do get sick of hearing the words Baby knows," but they kind of fade into the background. Yeah. <laughs> you don't really notice them after a while because they're so frequent. Um, so by the time I get to the end of the song, like, I do love the ending as well, and I think the guitar is really strong in here. And, you know, the harmonica as well. You know, it's not often that we we hear a harmonica in a Plint song, so it, it kind of gives it a slightly different feel. Um, so, you know, I wish we could have heard more of Sheryl Crow. Like, I wish... This could have been more of a duet. Like, I wish that, you know, Prince would have sung, you know, the choruses and, you know, maybe Sheryl Crow had a verse where we could actually hear her. But, you know, she does OK as a backing vocalist.
1: be cool if it was maybe some kind of shout and response kind of thing or something where, yeah, you know, it kind of plays I mean, along in a narrative with each other.
0: I mean, maybe have just Sheryl Crow sing the words Baby Nose. Yeah, or you know, that. Maybe don't, yeah. There's, there's no need to have Prince, like, double tracking himself on Baby Nose every single time <laughs> round. you know. Just give me something so I can hear Sheryl Crow's voice um you know otherwise you know I, I like i say i think four out of five for me it possibly is the best song on the album um you know so I, I, yeah and you know I, for me I, like I, you know i'm struggling to kind of think of anything else that kind of is in this realm and i i, I think my, the difference is michael b i think that's that's the the difference i think him on the drums uh, more than Prince just doing kind of like drum loops in the studio. I think that, that kind of, that makes the difference for me. And, and I think that kind of, that's what elevates this song.
1: Yeah. Um, for me, why I, I do appreciate the instrumentation, the harmonica is, um is great. The drumming's fantastic. I just wish that th- this is one of the few Prince songs where a lyric doesn't hit, like hit out of me as super clever or like, he, he has, um, I always think he's an underrated lyricist because I think he comes up with some really fantastic um, lines that are either funny or just a cool way of bending words together. And on this song, I don't really feel it in any of the lines that he says. So I think just um, lyrically, it was kind of a disappointment for me. And I think that's why um, I'd give it a three out of five. But still, um, it's among the higher marks on the album.
0: And I I think the thing, you know, like... Saying that someone's got a butt that goes round, like, that's not really,
1: yeah. It's... you know,
0: she's got long, dark legs. I mean, like, the, you're not really telling me anything that that's kind of, you know, that's really that special. Yeah. You know, like, it's not really an interesting turn of phrase just to be describing body parts, you know, like, Mm-mm. you know, there's got to be something else more that attracts you to this woman. I can kind of understand why she turns Prince down at the end, because <laughs> it's like, if all you're going to be just doing is describing her butt and her legs... Then you know and talking about how you can, you know she turns you into a hound maybe let's let's kind of focus on something else Prince you know I can I can understand the quick turndown <laughs> Prince performed this live first a few days before the album was released at Paisley Park um, and then by the following July um, 2000, he performed it for the last time at Paisley Park. (laughs) So um, a song that was only really ever performed at at kind of gigs at Paisley Park. Like I said, Prince wasn't really touring at this time, so, you know, the chances of him playing it on tour were, you know, quite low. And then, you know, by the time time we get to, like, Rainbow Children, I don't think this song really fits with the idea of, you know, a Jehovah's Witness. (laughs) So I can kind of understand why it got dropped from Prince's set, which is a pity because this feels like one of those songs that would really... You know, live. You know, really, when 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 done live. Um, you know, and the the you know the rave to the year two thousand is you know it's a good version. Um, you know, but I still I still kind of prefer the studio version. Um, you know so but uh, I feel like we said about as much as we can at, about Baby's Nose, so let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Alec?
1: Yes, my Twitter is AlecWin98, and I love talking about Prince.
0: And you can find us on Facebook at Prince by Track, or on Twitter at PrincePodcast, or you can email me uh, at PrinceTrapByTrack at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Alec.
1: Oh yeah, you're very welcome. And otherwise,
0: hey. Hello! Who is this? Yeah, this is the pretty name. Let's <laughs> see.